This is 15 Minute Fundamentals, where we interview Crypto Project's core contributors and together walk through the charts available on Token Terminal. Morpho is a lending pool optimizer that operates a peer-to-peer -peer layer built on top of lending pools such as Compound and Aave. In our previous episode with Morpho, we covered the basics of the protocol, and this time we cover the latest updates with a focus on the launch of Morpho Aave v3, and also discuss an extremely interesting topic of what Morpho is doing in terms of security internally. Tune in to learn about the new features that come with Morpho Aave v3, and also the details behind Morpho's smart contract development process and how the team is ensuring technical, operational, and economic safety of the protocol. Hello, Merlin. Welcome to 15 Minute Fundamentals. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, great to, to be here as well. Now, I had a chance to speak with your colleague, Paul, about three, four months ago about the basics of Morpho. And for this episode, we have like two pretty exciting topics. So the launch of Morpho Aave V3, and then a bit of your internal security processes. But before we dive into those, it would be great if you can give us just a quick update on what have been the biggest milestones for the last few months. And especially from the perspective of if we look at your charts, all metrics are trending very nicely so what's been driving that yeah yeah so the biggest milestone is that we crossed 500 million in um, total value deposited uh, on the protocol and uh, now I think it's like uh, around 650 million, something like that. And uh, so we are super excited about that, a huge growth. I mean, uh, I think Paul mentioned that we had like a huge focus on, on growth and uh, BD at the time. And uh, we're still continuing to try to create new integration. So we have been integrated by Instadap, DeFi Saver, and more recently by Yearn. And so we're super excited about that. And I think uh, those are the the biggest milestones of the, the past uh, few months. Yeah, that's great. And would you say that these integrations have been like the biggest driver behind the traction you've been seeing? Yeah, I, I think like the first integration was the artist. Like uh, I think once we had Instadap, it paved the way to other integrators to trust Morpho first, because when you, you want to integrate a new protocol, you want to be sure that it's a safe place. And because we launched in uh, last summer, it was quite a recent project. Article. So integrators were like just caring about like the, the safety of their own protocol, and I think uh, that explained like uh, the small growth we had at the big very beginning, and, and now as trust has been built over the last month, it's sharply increasing. Okay, awesome. And you just put out a big launch, Morpho Aave V3. Would it be awesome if you could just give us a quick overview of what this is that you've been building heads down for the past few months? Yeah, Aave V3 is a bit different from the V2. So in terms of interface, it's basically the same, but you have uh, lots of new features like E-mode, isolation mode, siloed borrowing. Also, you have new risk parameters like supply and borrow caps. And all those parameters are great for users, but also for, for instance, for the caps, it can bring some uh, new constraints to the Morpho protocol. And so we did a lot of research to still be able to create a Morpho on top of ABV3 while those constraints are there. Got it. And now with Morphava V3, what are the main features that you introduced? With AVV3, we introduced some new features. The first one is like the, the permit to developed by Uniswap that we tweak a little bit for our needs. And this is a, a great feature because basically it's like a general approval. So even if like a, a token is not implementing permit, basically you, you could have the same UX as a token with a, a 
permit function implemented. And so people on Morphle, if they swap on Uniswap just right before, they will be able just to sign an SH on Morphle protocol to allow the Morphle protocol to spend their tokens. So it's a great improvement in terms of UX for uh, EOAs. And uh, I'm super excited about that. And there's like a network effect. I mean, if you're using Morphle and then Uniswap, you already have that allowance on the permit to contract. And so you'll be able to sign directly on Uniswap and use Uniswap. So it's it's great. That's the first feature. We have like also account management. So account management is you can allow someone else to manage your position. So to borrow on, on your behalf, to withdraw on your behalf. So this is new. It was not possible on the first version of Morphle. So I think it will really ease like integrators or if you want to migrate your position from one protocol to the other, it will be very cool. We have that. Also, Avipri is introducing emotes. So with Morpho, what you can do is deploy a new Morpho instance for a specific emote. So uh, this is great. If you want Morpho in the general mode, then you can uh, deploy it. If you want Morpho for the stablecoin emote, you can deploy it. If you want Morpho for the if emote, then you can deploy it. So you can have like multiple instances that are really focused on one particular thing and do it in a really, really efficient way. So that's for the emote. And also we are, it's not a feature, but it's like a new thing that we are introducing like a new data structure, which is fairer for users using logarithmic buckets. And so basically if you matched with some users, you'll be matched with users that has approximately the same size as you. So that means like small accounts can be matched with small accounts too, and bigger accounts will be matched with big accounts. In terms of efficiency, it's the same uh, as the previous data structure, but in terms of fairness, it's uh, way better. Okay, wow, especially on the first two points there, like really removing some unnecessary friction that like crypto has. So those are great features. Yeah, it's a first step, but uh, we're just waiting for account abstraction to be introduced and uh, spread in the DeFi space. And I think this will be like, the real paradigm shift here we're just introducing new features to improve a bit but it's not a 10x improvement that i think will be full uh, account abstraction okay and then as one of the biggest updates to ave v3 was the introduction of supply and borrow caps how did those affect morpho so the supply cap if it's rich supplier cannot supply on, on morpho but if you're a morpho user sometimes if you want to repay your debt it can trigger a supply on the pool and so it would prevent directly to someone to repay its debt on Morph. So what we did is create what we called internally the idle supply. So instead of uh, supplying on the pool, we'll just keep the supply idle in the Morpho protocol, waiting for someone else to match either match this uh, liquidity or once the cap is not reached anymore, then we'll be able to supply it on the pool. So that's for the supply cap. Then there's a borrow cap, which is a bit more annoying for the user because if there's a borrow cap, you cannot sometimes for a withdrawal, a withdrawal on Morpho will trigger a borrow on the pool and it would be stuck by the cap. And it's an issue for the liquidation process because a liquidation process on Morpho is using this withdrawal feature on the pool and it will prevent liquidation of some users on Morpho. So what we did is we split users between two types of suppliers, so suppliers only and collateral or borrowers, users. And uh, the difference is if you're a supplier of collateral, then your liquidity is put on the pool. So that if you borrow and your position becomes 
unhealthy, then we'll still be able to liquidate your position. So we, we still have that possibility of liquidating every users on Marvel, which is super important for the safety of the protocol and if you want to avoid bad debt, obviously. And you have the other types of uh, supplier, which is the supplier only. So you can't use your supply to borrow against that supply, but you can be mesh on that supply like you, you could on Morpho V1 and you can enjoy better rates. Okay, that's super interesting. Now, am I correct in saying that you've basically built a workaround for the set supply and borrow caps on Aave so that via Morpho, they're basically increased? Yeah, exactly. So the UX, I would say, is a bit hurt by that, but we think that it's greatly make the, the protocol safer against uh, those uh, new risk parameters. Got it. That's super interesting. Now, uh, a bit more of a technical question. What are the most relevant and important smart contracts on Morpho Aave V3 and what do they do? So Morpho Aave V3 is basically the same as Morpho V1 in terms of architecture. So what I want to say by that that is like we have the Morpho contract, which has some logic, which is delegating code to a position manager. And the position man manager is responsible to do the logic that is related to the peer-to-peer. -peer. So do we need to withdraw from the pool? Do we need to match users or to unmatch users? So this is handled by the position manager. And the position manager is using directly the matching engine. And in the matching engine, it's where we'll do like, okay, we need to match like 10 users to fill this amount of liquidity. And so we'll go into the data structure and search for the user to be matched first, etc. And then the second and the third until the liquidity is met. So you have this, this matching engine that is also using the data structure which is a completely new data structure that we're using on ABV3. So this is the main architecture. Thank you for that great overview. And let's move on to security, because the main reason we're actually sitting here right now is you put out a tweet where one of your auditors asked you why you're not speaking too much about the security work you do internally. So I thought that, you know what, let's speak about it. But before we go into what you're doing internally and how, I would love to hear how you are generally thinking about what security means in crypto and why it's so important. Yeah, so for security is like, you want your user to, to trust your protocol. I mean, in DeFi to deposit your money, obviously, and you want that base continue using it over time. So if you have just one incident, then you, you lose trust and so you lose users. So you need to make sure that nothing happens. And this is really important for a new protocol, but also for DeFi, because when you see all those hacks that are happening uh, in the space, it's just bad advertisement for the outside world. I think it's like a responsibility for like, core developers, but also like it's a responsibility for the entire sector to have like a safe place where people can just put their money at work, etc. But without caring about like uh, will I see my, my money again in the future so it's really important to have like a secure protocol and at Morpho we, we think that it should be the main focus on every team in the space um, I agree with you 100% now as you do focus a lot on security internally at a high level what are you doing in practice? And then more specifically, what does your process for developing new contracts look like? 
I think it's uh, nothing is special, I would say, at Morpho. We are like engineers, like just caring a lot about what we are doing and we want to do things right. So basically, we are just developing the, the protocol, uh, doing a lot of tests. Uh, we are testing everything. So unit tests, integration tests, environment tests. We also have like um, someone who's doing uh, like formal proving internally using like Y3 and stuff, et cetera, too. So it's really helpful to, for instance, you have a math like that you want uh, to prove everything. So here at Morpho Labs, we are able to, able to, to do that as well for like the data structure and we are extending that to all our contracts. So uh, this is a really powerful uh, thing that we have internally. So beside the, the test, we have like internal reviews. So what we're doing is like once we wrote a new contract, a new protocol, something like that, and we are happy, happy with that, developers will first step back and take some, some days to conduct a first review of everything and they won't code anything. And they will just read the code, do like a smart contract review, then fix the thing. Then after, we'll push the code to the research team and then they will do the same process. And this is really effective to find like the first bugs, etc. So these two internal review process. And then after, obviously, we were doing audits. In general, we are not taking one auditor because we feel that one, you still have room to have some errors lying on the code. So we'll trigger like different auditors for the same piece of code. And after, if we are happy with the report and all the fixes, then we can move to the deployment, etc. But as long as we are not happy, we'll not push the, the thing in production. So that could be a mistake for different protocols that because you have the money constraints, you also have like the schedule constraints, etc. But I, I think this is a trap and you should not fall into that. So if there's something wrong, we'll just iterate over and over again until we are happy to and confident that the code that we produced is ready to go. Yeah, that's great. So you start off with the devs and researchers going back and forth, fixing bugs, etc. And then it moves on to external auditors. Uh, what other stakeholders are involved in the whole smart contract development process? If you take like the whole development process, we have the product team that will like define some specifications. Sometimes developers are also uh, in that process, of course. So we have the product team, we have the research team, and the on-chain team, like the on-chain team writing the contract. We also have the off-chain team that is involved because they will do the interface between like the contract and the data that we bought. But it's really important that they are aware of all the specification and, and the features that will bring into the contracts. So we have both stakeholders. We also have liquidators. So usually we're not talking about, but before pushing a new protocol, we'll make sure that we have some different independent team of liquidators that has something working on Morpho so that if there's like a bad event or whatever, we know that we have like some liquidators that can trigger liquidation on Morpho. We are doing it internally, of course, but we prefer to have like different teams also working on, on, on top of Morpho. So we have uh, liquidators. Of course, we have auditors. So for instance, we have a 
a retainer with Superbit. We are super happy with, with that retainer. And like every two months, we have an audit with them and we trigger them on like a different specific part of the protocol or something like that. We have also some contractors that we really we know well that are super good at like providing some risk audits, etc. And we ping them just to like improve existing code. Like, can we make that more efficient or can you check that piece of code which is really tricky to find some bugs uh, let us know got it yeah so external auditors ensure the technical safety of your contracts and then if we speak a bit about the operational and cybersecurity side of things are there any admin roles on morpho on morpho the current state is like uh, we are using zodiac which is part of the safe installation and so what we have now it's like we're great we have we added the delay a month ago or something that so that if we trigger an upgrade we have like a 24 hours delay before the upgrade is possible and if this is the case for like every touch different uh, governance functions and we have an operator which is like a, a multi-sig uh, three or five that can trigger posing functions in, in case of emergence that being said we want to have a smooth decentralization of the protocol so i think like for instance not for more v 3 in the short term but more for Morpho V1, perhaps what we'll do is like increase the delay, perhaps cut some access to governance functions, and smoothly perhaps disable the upgrade mechanism. So I think it would be more like a discussion with the community to if we should do it now or later, because it, it has some risk concern as well. If you cut the upgrade upgradability and uh, to find something in the code, then can't do anything. So you need to migrate the liquidity if you want to, to save the funds, etc. So it has like many implications to, to do this. Got it. And we both know that if we look at hacks in DeFi, one of the leading reasons for them is unfortunately compromised private keys. So that's like a very big vulnerability. This is a more specific question on the admin role things, but I'd be very keen on hearing who at Morpho has these roles and how you approach storing the keys securely to mitigate these risks to the extent you're able to share, of course. So it's like some members are now of the Morpho Association, some part of the, the core team at Morpho Labs, but it's also some like advisors as well. And the person that we, we know that are, we trust, I think you can find their names on the Morpho documentation because it's uh, transparent. But uh, so, and everyone has like a wallet, really good AppSec. I, I won't tell you, because just for uh, security is better, but uh, we make things securely. Yeah, good. That, that was a test. If you would have told me, then that would have been a bad thing. <laughs> no. the, the final point, you touched on like a bounty program. How are you thinking about aligning the economic incentives for all stakeholders? Yeah, um, first, I think better safe than sorry. So we have like a huge amount of money that is dedicating for security only. And it's pretty impressive what we put on that at Morpho Labs. So I think it's better to have like a strong auditors auditing the, the contract or at least like taking the time to make sure that the contracts are safe instead of, of like pushing everything and say, okay, we have a bug bounty, so <laughs> we are safe. So I think the, the bug bounty is like a, the last resort thing you, you should have. That being said, now we have like Code Arena or Sherlock uh, that are new model where you put rewards and there is a contest to have these re rewards for like hackers coming and trying to find bugs. In general, the, the code is not deployed, so I think it's quite different, but those are like new interesting ways of like making contracts safe before deployment. And speaking about the money that you have allocated to security, are you able to shed light on what your security budget looks like? 
like so how much you're spending and on what to be precise i think it's more than 20 percent of the total money that we spend that is allocated to security only so that means about it and i'm not speaking about about like people that we are paying internally to like do some research or security uh, audit internally so it's not hr expenses okay so about 20 percent is spent purely on like external audits and then the internal amount of resources used is a bit harder to quantify because it's mainly hr costs got it then let's speak a little bit about the contract design space which in my head can be split into three kind of high level categories with number one being immutable contracts but with mutable fee switches something like uniswap uh second you'd have immutable contracts with many mutable risk parameters in something like liquidity and finally you'd have protocols that are loosely governed by their owners which i guess you could say is like the multi-sig model so what are your general thoughts about these designs and where does morpho fit in so for now, Morpho is more on the side like table contracts uh, with mutable parameters. Um, on the long term, uh, I think most of the team want like immutable contract with some mutable parameters because Morpho, you need to have like some parameter management to make it more efficient. This is a fact. I mean, upgradability is a two side coin. So we have like recent event with Oasis where they could like upgrade the contract and uh, were able to uh, retrieve funds, etc. But at the same time, like it's also like rugging people. <laughs> and the delay we put in place is to avoid that. Like even if like the, the team or the DAO being rugged and wants to uh, to steal funds of the users, then there is a delay that cannot be bypassed. And I think this is a good first step, like to ensure that if there's something something bad, then users can see it and withdraw their fund before that. But yeah, long term, I think we'll try to to cut down uh, upgradeability, but after like uh, over over time, I guess for uh, security purposes. And we really in the team, the huge fan of Uniswap products, not speaking about the governance, but like the fact that they are using immutable contracts and like uh, it's choose kind of product market. And uh, it resonates a lot with uh, what we, we want to do at Morpho. This has been a really interesting segment and the first time we've dived into this level of detail on security. So th thank you for giving us the answers and shedding some light on these topics. Moving on, just the final question for this interview to preface, hopefully the next session we can have in another three months is that what's next? More Morpho v 3 is out. What are the biggest milestones in the mid to long term roadmap? We, we have a research team like doing lots of research in like the landing space. And do, we are just trying for now to discover new things. And uh, we don't have much to say about it. It's like more an exploratory phase that is ongoing on the research side. And uh, nothing is stepping so on. So yeah, no, no great alpha, I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. We always love a bit of mystery. And it's good. You guys can put your heads down and find what to focus on yeah, yeah we're quite a team of like uh, still guys and uh, not really good at marketing not really good at like uh, showing up but uh, doing our things i mean you need to be good at the research dev and, and product side of things to build a good product and at the moment your numbers speak for yourselves you can build out the marketing department at a later point <laughs> what i would say is like i think we're risk takers for like product vision and product orientation but we are really risk averse in terms of like product I think it's how I could sum them up last. That's a really great quote. And I'm going to clip that and make sure to share that. I think it's also a good note to end on. Thank you so much, Merlin, for this overview of the latest at Morpho and also your internal security stuff. It was really great to
the chat. Yeah, thank you, Oscar. That was good. <laughs>